everyone. Siobhan Chapman here, and welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. It's Friday morning, which means it's time for the weekend review and preview conversation, where my guests will recap how markets have performed over the past few sessions and preview what you can expect in the week ahead. Today's conversation will primarily focus on the April employment report and rate hikes. Joining us for the conversation, I'm glad to welcome back Senior Economist America's Brian Rose. Brian, welcome. We're happy to have you. Thanks, Siobhan. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Brian. So let's get started. We received the April employment report just a few moments ago. What are your reflections on the data, thoughts of the current health of the U.S. labor market? So the headline figures from this report were very strong. We had payrolls growing more than expected, 253,000. Also, the unemployment rate ticked down to 3.4%. That matches the low. It's uh, the, the lowest we've seen since the 1960s. And also average hourly earnings were up half a percent month over month. So those had been showing more modest increases in recent months, but this time a bigger rise, half a percent. You know, that, that uh, over, over a year, that's uh, around 6%. That's a you know, pretty good increase. The one thing offsetting some of that strength was that there were downward revisions to the previous two months, uh, totaling 149,000. So if you look at the three-month average, that number is uh, continuing to to drop and suggests that payroll growth is on a on a slowing trend, although still uh, you know quite good. And uh, you know overall conclusion from this is that the labor market is still very tight. Now earlier in the week we had the jolts job openings; those were down 400,000 in March, and they're down by a million in just the last two months. And um, uh, but you're seeing, you know, steady, steady flow of layoff announcements and uh, you know, job openings coming down. But still, you know, general sense is the labor market is still uh, was still very tight. We're seeing some reduction in demand for labor. So, uh, you know, we've we've created a lot of jobs, helping to fill in the job openings, and also, you know, there's there's fear about what might happen in the economy going forward. But, you know, bottom line on this is labor market is still very tight. So moving outside of the jobs data, what were some other notable data releases from this week? So the other big big releases were the ISM PMIs. These are a a useful indicator, especially at the moment when there's so much uh, uncertainty over the, you know, over the quality of the data that we're getting. This is kind of anecdotal, but gives you some, you know, a recent snapshot of conditions among the businesses. And uh, here we saw both manufacturing and services moving up a, a little bit uh, from March, um, but uh, manufacturing staying below 50, it's at uh, 47.1, and services just a little above 50 at 51.9. You put those together, and it is you know, less than average. So it's these are levels that are compatible with a subtrend of growth. And one other piece of data that I think we should pay attention to is the vehicle sales. There's a big increase in April, very strong, 15.9 million annualized rate. And these are good numbers. And it's really interesting to see this. The auto sales should be very rate sensitive, but Cars are you know, more available than they've been, you know, during the during the pandemic. Right, there's more more cars on dealers' lots, and there's some pent up demand for cars. So, 
And and people, you know, like we just talking about, people have jobs. So even though rates are are higher, and uh, you know, a, there's a lot of talk about how a lot of these auto loans are are more than a thousand dollars a month now, but still people are buying. People are buying cars, and um, it does give you some some sense of underlying resiliency among consumers. So, Brian, you mentioned rates, and I want to talk about that a little bit deeper. On Wednesday, we heard from the FOMC as they raised rates by another quarter of a point. How do you see the course of monetary policy evolving from here, and how is the Fed thinking about inflation today? Yeah, so this was quite an interesting meeting. The Fed did hike, but they've now opened the door to pausing at the next meeting on June 14th. And what's interesting is that if you look at you know the key data the Fed cares about, inflation, the labor market, it doesn't justify a pause. And but uh, and and the Fed, you know, up until now had had been promising, you know, we're not going to pause until we have concrete evidence that inflation is on track to hit our two percent target. Um, but you know, the, with this meeting, they sort of stepped away from that, hinting that they are likely to pause even though inflation is, is too high. And I think, you know, the reasoning is that we've already raised rates 500 basis points in a little bit more than a year. That is also continuing to shrink its balance sheet. And on top of that, now you have stress in the banking system, which is you know very worrying. Uh, so I think, well, you, you know, you add all that up and it can justify the Fed going on hold even with inflation, you know, it's still uh, still way above their target. And, you know, the Fed always has to balance the various uh, risks out there. And you know, one thing that helps to make it easier to pause is that, and, and Powell talked about this in his press conference, is that inflation expectations are still way, well anchored. So if you saw, you know, the market pricing in high inflation and consumers expecting high inflation going forward, It'd be hard for the Fed to to stop hiking, but because those inflation expectations are so well anchored, there's a sense that, well, even if we don't hike more, uh, inflation, you know, will probably come down on its own. So it it kind of reduces the uh, the urgency to to keep hiking again in, in face of these other risks, especially the, these new risks coming from the banking system. So turning to next week, Brian, what will be taking place that investors should be mindful of? So the big thing uh, in terms of economic data next week will be the inflation-related numbers. And obviously, a huge focus on this at the moment. We'll get the CPI for April out on Tuesday. And uh, we expect this to be bad news from the Fed, probably core CPI up four-tenths month over month. Uh, we'll also get the producer price index and import and export prices. And then one other key release will be the NFIB survey of small businesses. So even though this is you know, a relatively small survey, this is really a crucial area of the economy. And you want to see from the NFIB, what are companies doing with their prices? Are they continuing to raise prices? What are they doing with their wages? What's going on with their you know, labor shortages? Do they have more or less job openings? So this is uh, yeah, very interesting data to uh, to look at. And one other thing to keep an eye on is the debt ceiling uh, debate. So 
congressional leaders uh, will meet with Biden next week, and I think a very little chance of any concrete uh, action uh, resulting from this, but maybe you know we'll get some sense of how things are uh, uh, progressing. So uh, as as I'm sure everyone has seen, the Treasury Secretary Yellen came out said that the debt ceiling needs to be raised by June 1st, which doesn't leave the politicians um, much time. And uh, we also you know, need to keep an eye on the situation in the banking system. We'll get the senior loan officer survey. Uh, next week, and uh, you know, there's and Powell told us at his press conference that this will show banks continuing to tighten their their lending standards. But you know, clearly, this is really becoming a crucial, you know, the just uh, just the share prices of uh, some of the regional banks you know have been under pressure, and we need to keep close watch on the situation. So it looks like we do have a lot to look for next week. There are some crucial data releases and conversations happening that might set the tone for the near future. Thank you so much for joining us, Brian. Thanks very much. Again, we have been joined by Senior Economist America's Brian Rose for the Top of the Morning Conversation. And as a reminder to our listeners, Top of the Morning is a part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Siobhan Chapman, and thank you so much for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.